In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Between the Lines. On the last episode, I was talking with Lorna Dennis and Lee Raven from Stabby Time Comics. Due to the length of our discussion, it was abundantly clear that we would need to split the interview into two parts. For your reference, part two begins a bit before where we left off in part one. We wanted to bring ourselves to life within the comic. Uh, the main protagonist is a, a young school teacher, you know, somebody who's starting out in the professional world, like both of us. At one point, we were young professionals. I'm still a young professional. Let's be real. I haven't worked in my field yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost middle-aged. I'm middle-aged. Yes. Uh, you know, there's uh, a character that is Indigenous. I'm an Indigenous woman. There's somebody a- who loves games. They're cats. Yes, there's there's somebody who loves games and cats. There is somebody who is in the Canadian military. And while we are not service members, we are spouses. So, you know, military life is something that we live and deal with every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not only inspired with us, but it's also the people we know and love. I mean, it's the players we've played with for years. It's our family. It's the the main theme of the comic is really those relationships. All right. So what, how do I say this? So your comic is, is based on what though? What is it like, uh, like, you know, spider, Spider-Man is action adventure or Batman is, you know, is there a theme behind the whole comic or is it episodal? It's, it's a slice of life. And romance. Yeah, slice of life and romance. So the story really follows a primary protagonist and her story arc is is very much a romance, but the people that interact with her are slice of life. So it is it is a long overarching story. Uh, there are standalone episodes, uh, which we will be publishing uh, not with the web comic, but privately on our Patreon as those come up. Okay. There's there's actually three story arcs that are happening. Yes, because there's the animal one. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> Lauren is giving me a dirty look, going like, "What's what? the third one?" What? I know there's I know there's the game. I know there's their life. What's the third one? We're each each character in the story has a pet, and there is going to be a separate comic for all of the animals. 
that will be released on our Patreon monthly. Yeah, because okay. we're both crazy cat ladies. Uh, you've kind of answered this question already, but you might be able to speak more directly to it. But how did this project start? I mean, the idea was born, but how and when did you actually start the production of it? Uh, you started writing kind of right away. You derailed NaNoWriMo for me. Love you. Yeah. I So I participate in National Novel Writing Month every year. Uh, I'm oh a municipal God. liaison. So I volunteer and uh, it's, it's a big thing for me. And I was five days in, I already had a fully outlined novel ready to go. And Lorna goes, Hey, we should do this. And by the end of November, I had it done and ready to go for her to start drawing. And yeah, but you also had like an ooh shiny thing moment. Like you can't blame me for that. I was like, we should do this expecting us not to start until December once Nano was finished and she was like oh shiny thing yeah so like you can only half blame me yeah no I wrote a hundred thousand words in the month of November all for the webcomic <laughs> I didn't finish my novel sorry uh first year actually in five years that I haven't finished the novel so once she had the once we had agreed upon kind of what the characters were looking like, we were trying to agree on style for the visual. And we, our comic actually has two visual styles. One is for the in-game session where they're all doing their tabletop gaming and it's following that adventure. And that's done in one style. And then the real world outside of the game is done in a separate style. So we spent some time finding that. I was using an old, like, first version iPad Pro <laughs> uh, which I loved, and I still use it for most of my reading. But unfortunately, I couldn't download most of the programs I wanted for that. So I had to wait until Christmas uh, when I got my new iPad from Santa. Thanks, Dad. Um, and was able to start learning the new software and, and really kind of de- developing um, the style and the first thing. It's really only been since January we've kind of really gotten into the like episodic, like this is episode one, this is what it's going to look like, these are how many panels we're doing, this is what's going on. And then once we have a panel kind of finished, or once I have the, the visual finished, I send it back to Lee for her to look over. Occasionally she'll ask for something to be added to a panel. If she asks for a big change, I cry. I haven't made you cry yet. You made me draw spiders in the first episode. I'm an arachnophobe, and our first episode has a giant spider. And and then, you know, she sends it back to me, and we realized that we were missing some stuff that we really kind of needed um, in dialogue. So then that went back to lead at, to finish, so we, I can add that back in. It's really a back and forth. Yeah. It's, for us, it's also been a steep learning curve because it was one of those moments of, hey, let's do this. And then we had to learn how to do it. Yeah. We had to wow. learn how to how to script, how to communicate, how to put it together. I can sit down and write a novel in 30 days. I can start editing it in 30 days. But learning all new art styles, all new writing styles, uh, learning how to collaborate with another person. It's it's literally been from the ground up. Yeah. And we're both strong personalities, um, which can be good, but it also means that occasionally our discussions get incredibly loud. Yeah. No, I hadn't noticed that strong personality aspect of either one of you at all. Um, the other, the, the other big thing was that somebody decided that we should launch two and a half months later. Okay. I just, I picked the number out of the air to give us a target. 
That's yeah, and, why I chose two and a half months. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a little ambitious. It was, but look at where we are now. We are That's launching right. in a week. We are. We are launching. It, it won't be a week from when the podcast airs. It's a week from when we are recording. Yeah. Um, so we will be launching March 18th. Okay. Um, which is good. Uh, yeah. So it was, yeah, a lot of the process is, is learning, trying, adapting, screaming, crying, swearing, realizing it doesn't have to be perfect. Just speak for yourself. It doesn't have to be perfect, oh, my darling. I'm such a perfectionist, which is is can be a problem. A little bit. A little bit. I've sent you three versions of the same panel because I'm like, oh, I've made it better. Oh, I've made it better. And she's like, honey, I I can't tell the difference. It's like and those all done comic is- book things. Like, there's eight differences in these two pictures. Find them. Exactly. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I've made it better. Oh, I've made it better. And, and Lee has said, I, honey, I can't. Like, I'm glad you're happy with it. I can't see the difference. Yeah. So you've already kind of went into the answer to this next question, but I think there may be some other ways you can answer this. So, what has been the biggest challenge for either of you? in this webcomic production? My biggest one has been reining Lee in for certain things because Lee has so many amazing ideas and some of them just don't translate visually. And sometimes she says things like, we're going to have 51 unique characters. And my response is, I quit. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of, it's been a lot of finding that middle ground. I shouldn't say reining you in. It's finding the middle ground of what works for both writing and an artistic perspective. Okay. When I say 51 characters, I mean 51 characters over like four seasons. Don't care. Because that's, that's 51 unique characters. That's not talking about background characters. That's not talking about random crowds. That's not talking about the children. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Um, well, Lee, would you throw 51 characters into your book? I, okay, I feel really called out right now. Ha! Ha! Vindication! I feel really called out. Um, It's, you know, every once in a while, there's like an NPC that comes across yeah. the table. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and like you said, that's for four seasons. So that would be for four books. And yeah, yeah. a lot of, a lot of characters. I mean, I think Harry Potter probably has like a hundred char- named characters. Um, So 51 isn't bad for four books. But, you know, coming at your your artist with 51 characters, I, as an artist, was immediately just like, I don't know that many people to base thing. Like, I, I don't know how to make 51 people look different. Yeah. <laughs> learning, learning curve. It's, uh, the, the, the biggest challenge for me has actually been to be patient. Because I'm very much a, this is a great idea. We can totally do this. We can totally succeed. Let's do it. Let's do it now. And being patient because I know that Lorna has had a much steeper learning curve than I have. A lot of the stuff that I can do, like, I, I'm i a bi-phasic sleeper. So I wake up at 4 a.m. every day and I'm up from 4 until 8 and then I go back to bed for a few hours. And in those four hours, I do a lot of my creative work. And not everybody is like that. I'm a night owl. So I get my best work done between 7.30 and 3 a.m. Okay. So having to, you know, be patient while Lorna learns new software, new art techniques. I mean, you learned an entire new art style. And two actually yeah you've learned two art styles and you've 
been working a couple hours a day every day for three months just to get the first episode done. Yeah. Actually, I think, our, you know what? I'm going to rephrase my answer. Our biggest challenge was time because we both decided that we needed a day job oh, uh, and it was the day job from hell. So finding time in and around working, uh, I was working two jobs at the time and working 12 hour days on Lee's part, you know, like it was the real world, unfortunately, isn't built to support creatives who aren't making money immediately. Yes. So that has been a challenge, not on the creative part, but on the, the um, finding time. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the realism of being an artist or being an author but as as a result of the the two weeks I attempted that day job um we my partner and I have agreed that I need to go back to being a full-time dungeon master and just not even bother getting a job out in the real world it's like do what you love and if you make money at it great yeah I'm very Uh, lucky that you can sell individual campaigns yeah uh yes yes and i have uh one that will be included with the patreon once i'm done editing it and uh creating the maps for it which is not dnd it's not dungeons and dragons we've created our own system copyright issues yeah so it's not actually dungeons and dragons they're playing another tabletop game that we have created yeah so it's a different a different d20 kind of style yeah 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 we call it kin and quest okay but what I really love doing is I love running games. So I, oh, I have five games on the go now that I run myself. I have two games that I run once a month and I have three games that I run uh, once a week each. And that's, that's kind of my full-time job. Is it enough to keep you busy to what you think? It's very inspiring. I mean, there's, there's lots of inspiration for the webcomic by running this many games. So this isn't a, a planned question, but in doing uh, this web comic, and for either one of you and whatever you do, the the art or the writing, what kind of satisfaction do either of you get from what you do with regards to the web comic? Immense. I go to bed and I'm dreaming of the web comic. It's the last thing I think about at night. It's the first thing I think about when I wake up. It's it's really satisfying for me. Because it gives me something to look forward to, to get up and work on every day. Okay. Lorna? Well, it's a hard question. That's um, why I asked it. Yeah. I think part of, part of the satisfaction that we will eventually get is when we release it and get feedback. Mm-hmm. My art practice since graduating university has been a little lonely. But when I was in university, both in my undergrad and during my master's, the art I was creating was in a community. My art was personal, but I was in a community of other creators who were creating visually. So I got a lot of feedback, which I'm not getting the same way from other artists because I'm working kind of in isolation. So I, I'm missing that feedback, which I, um, from, of course, other than you. Yes. You're giving it as a storyteller, not necessarily as the, the artist. Yeah. So I think the satisfaction... I will get will be when we kind of get feedback. Um, But part of the satisfaction is actually getting to use my degree. I studied for years as an artist and I'm really enjoying getting to use it. And I find it very satisfying. Mm -hmm. Also, I get to snuggle my cat a lot more because I'm sitting at my desk. And if I'm sitting at my desk, his decision is, well, mommy is sitting. I get love. Yeah. My opportunity. 
Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I would say that that that's where my satisfaction at this point comes from. Yeah. So Lee, you pretty much write the content. Lorna, you draw the content. Does it sometimes happen that the story that you write, Lee, doesn't match what she's drawn? So far, no. So far, no. Um, it's mostly I don't start drawing until I receive the episode. Okay. And there are sometimes we go through the episode together as well before I start drawing. Okay. So she writes it, she sends it to me, I give it a read over, we meet up, we go through it, I ask clarifying questions, because there are certain things as an artist I need a little bit more detail in, you know, like, cool, we have this creature, what color do you want it, do you care? I think in the first episode I've added a panel, because we were missing a panel of what was written, uh, and there needed to be a, a transition panel. Yeah, I, I basically, I left that vague and, yeah, and, and left it up to you. So, you know, there's there's occasionally things where I've added something or something is slightly different from yeah. what we've talked about. But before I finish it, you know, we have that conversation. What is the one thing you have learned that you have enjoyed the most? Outlining and plot structure. So <laughs> as, as a writer, one of the things that I've always really struggled with is the three-act plot structure and outlining it so that all of the beats of a novel or a story kind of click and line up. Mm-hmm. What I have really learned with this process is how to better line up how my ideas are put together so that the story makes sense. Uh, there's less story revision, less editing, because once I give an episode to Lorna, whatever changes happen affects what happens further down the road. So, so long as the, the outline makes sense, that way it's easier to do the changes and the revisions because there's, there's less room for error once we start publishing. And once I start drawing, really. Yeah. Once you, not even publishing, once you start drawing, it's, it's not that it's written in stone. It's that it's harder to change the story later down the road. Yeah, because once, like, once I've drawn a panel, there's very little changing it other than small things. Like, oh, I'd like that coffee cup to be moved over here, or you need to add this small thing. Or throwing out the whole panel and starting fresh. Exactly. Exactly. So that's been, that's been actually a really unique challenge. Um, yeah, it's been really enjoyable. I think the one thing I've learned, besides the new software, is translating somebody else's words into the visual when I create on my own my sketchbook is not just full of sketches it's also full of like no I'm a real writer in my sketchbook as opposed to like sketches Uh, all my sketches are just like stick figures and stuff like that but I always have notes for like color and concept and that kind of stuff so it's easy for me to look at my own writing not necessarily read it because sometimes I can't read my own writing but you know and understand what I was going for whereas when it's somebody else's words you really have to look at it, read it, and not interpret it, really. Yeah. Like, that's the thing, is it's not interpretation. It's I'm literally translating what she has written into a visual medium. And sometimes that's difficult. Yeah. Like, uh, episode two, there's a whole bunch of little children, and I was very accurate in how I described what I wanted the children to look like. For certain things. Yes, for certain things. Um, Our main character has what we call DM vision, 
where she looks at the real world and is is applying something from the the game into real life. So um, her kids are goblins, her little goblins. Okay. So instead so, of seeing grade one children, you see a whole bunch of goblins with lollipops instead of swords. Yeah, so it, it'll be two panels. It'll be the first panel of them as children, and then it'll be the exact same panel as goblins. So I have to make sure that I recreate it exactly, but as goblins. Okay. So it's it's trying to find that happy medium between being able to have expression as the artist and translating what was actually being said. Right. Uh, so there's a, there's a, a, a kind of like what uh, musicians are invited in to score a, a film or, or whatever. They watch yeah. the movie and then, you know, get inspired by that to, to write the music or the song or the lyrics or whatever. Yeah. Kind of the same, but yet its own entity. Right. Exactly. Because there's there's less room for interpretation than in music because music especially uh, orchestral music, has a lot more room for the, that interpretation as opposed to the visual where if she says that the person has blue hair, the person needs to have blue hair. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I don't actually think we have anybody with blue hair. Speaking of William blue hair. No. No, I'm not Rook. sure. We could do Rook. Rook could have blue hair. Rook could have blue hair. We're already planning for new things. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're helping, Randy. Hey, I'm glad to do my part, which is part of why this interview is being done, is to to show everybody exactly what you're doing, how you're thinking, and what they can expect, right? Yeah. You so, give us a lot of credit that there's thinking going on. <laughs> we, we have two brain cells. We have two brain cells. Occasionally try, try it yeah. from this end. <laughs> <laughs> how often do you plan to release new episodes or new material? Uh, every two weeks, uh, we will be releasing more material on our Patreon, but the webcomic itself, uh, we will be publishing uh, through Webtoons Canvas every two weeks. Okay. And then so we have um, we have monthly and a monthly extra comic that will be on our Patreon, and that will follow the lives of the pets uh, in their own little tabletop adventure. Uh, and that'll be monthly. And we we need to get back into it. When we had the day job after Christmas, we ended up falling out of it a little bit. But we also uh, release new material on our Patreon weekly. Nice. So we're going to move into part two, which I call Shake Your Money Maker. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is a podcast, not 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 a, 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 a video series. Yes. As As individual writers... Do either of you have published works? If so, where can they be found? Uh, so uh, I I do publish. I publish free uh, stories on Wattpad. And I will provide the link for Randy to uh, put in. my it right here as well if you want. Yeah. Uh, so my username on Wattpad is uh, Naughty Beaver. It's also my gamer tag. I... I have a whole bunch of stories that I'm never going to publish in the traditional sense, but I want to share them. I want feedback. I wrote a really great ghost story a few years ago that I have been editing and revising. Uh, you might actually enjoy it. You haven't read it. I have not read it. But uh, I'm getting it ready to completely publish on Wattpad because at the end of the day, I'm not going to go down the traditional publishing route. And I not want right to share now. my uh, Probably not ever. 
I like running D&D campaigns too much. So uh, I publish on uh, the Wattpad platform and also on uh, our Patreon, Savvy Time Comics. Okay. As, so I, during my master's, I was working with a, an academic. And so we have a paper that's currently in review that will be published, who or hopefully be published, who knows, but my art can be found. Uh, I published in a, oh goodness, a, an arts-based research magazine. Uh, I'll send the link to Randy because I can't actually remember what the, the issue was called. And then I've also published uh, a couple of stories on fan fiction, but it was so many years ago. I don't remember what my, I don't remember what my tag was. I don't remember what my author name was. It was during my teen years when I was really like moody. So like, I feel like it was probably something super moody. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I was, I felt like I never grew out of my emo phase. Yeah. I'll, I'm not even going to touch that. Probably <laughs> smart. And I'm the one sitting here in all black. I'm wearing black. Yeah. And then I have I have leggings that have dinosaurs on them. Okay, where <laughs> where can the web comic be found? Uh, so each episode will be found on our Patreon, uh, Savvy Time Comics, but will also be found on Webtoons Canvas, which is a self publishing uh, the self publishing part of the Webtoons platform, oh. which is an app, but you can also find it online, mm-hmm. and it will be under again our Savvy Time Comics tag or or authorship. That's uh... That's cool. Well, what are the ways people can reach or contact either of you? Uh, Patreon is one way. Um, Stabby Time Comics does have a Twitter all, uh, at Stabby Time Comics, although Twitter's been really cranky with us the last little while and hasn't been letting us publish. We have an Instagram, again, at Stabby Time Comics. Facebook page? Uh, mostly for the Instagram. Okay, yeah, I would mostly say the Instagram or yeah. our Patreon. Yeah, we can also be reached through my Wattpad, uh, which is at Naughty Beaver, Naughty Beaver, or uh, you can email us admin at stabbytimecomics.com. Uh, is, there a, is there a plan for a Stabby Time comic website of its own? We have thought of it. Um, we want to get the first season of Dice and Desire under our belts before we look any further. Uh, doing that just because the last thing we need to add to our plate is something else oh no more please no No more more. no more no more so once we have the first season done we will we will create a web page and have it on the web page as well as on webtoons excellent i look forward to that do you have any last minute words of wisdom for the listeners Uh, i don't know if wisdom has ever been applied to anything i've ever said or intelligence intelligence has been in very small areas but i would definitely say if creating is something you love finding a way to do it whether it's paid or not definitely pays off because if you don't do what you love eventually it will kill you with that cheery note (laughs) my my last minute word of wisdom for people is don't be afraid to make mistakes you really don't have to be perfect one of the decisions for me self-publishing, not generating any revenue from it, just putting my stories out there is I know they're not perfect and they're never going to be perfect in my mind, but they're not going to do anything just sitting in the drawer being ignored. So 
in today's society, especially as a writer, the root of traditional publishing is changing. And what was traditional 50 years ago isn't traditional today. So publishing a, a story digitally, publishing a webcomic rather than creating a, a, um, a printed graphic novel or, or a, a Sunday funny, as society changes, we need to change. And we also need to understand that it is okay to not be perfect. Oh, my other one actually would be, there is no such thing as a better or lesser medium. You know, I have friends of mine who are artists who are like, you're doing a comic and it's very kind of like looked down upon um, that kind of stuff. If you're doing what you love as an artist, as a writer, there's no such thing as lesser or better forms. A novel is not superior to a webcomic. It's a different medium. Yeah. So this just popped into my head and I don't know why, but sitting here listening to the two of you, which one of you is Thelma? Which one of you is Louise? Oh, depends on the day. I want to say it depends on the day. I, I, oh, I feel seriously called out here. Yeah, I, I honestly would say it depends on the day because we each have days where we're more like one or the other. Yeah, it 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 depends. It really does depend. Like some days I'm very much Thelma. Yeah. Yeah, and then there are other days where I'm 100% Louise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if Thelma and Louise is, is, is the actual Yeah, actually, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, are we going gender specific with, you know, a pair of women? Because if anything, we are very much Sam and Dean. In many ways. Neither of us is as moody as either of them. Uh, I, no. I mean, somebody else that you can, hey, we're more like this, you know, or. I don't, I don't know. You know what? Do you know who we are like? We are like Parker and Elliot from Leverage. I was about to say. Uh, I am totally Parker and you are totally I'm Elliot. totally Elliot. At times, but there are other times I'm the sugar up. I'm the sugared up two-year-old. <laughs> Especially when you give me adult go-go juice. Yeah, yeah. Do you want another cup of coffee? No, I want to sleep yeah. for the next week. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, in, in our nerdiness, I, I would say we're, we're actually less Thelma and Louise and more Parker and Elliot from Leverage. Yeah. Um, or we are Marion Pippin. Ah. I am I am Peregrine Tuke and I am one hundred percent Meredith. Yeah, you're Marietta Brandy Buck. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd love to say that we were like Frodo and Sam, but neither mm. of us neither, neither no. of us is serious enough. No. I mean, like I would yeah, I'd absolutely hit somebody in the face with a frying pan, but like I would totally be distracted by mushrooms. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Except the only scene I would say I am Pippin as opposed to Mary is in when he knocks the skull over into the or the the oh when he knocks the the dead body into yeah the into the yeah. well yes because yeah. I'm I'm a bit of a klutz as as are you but like that's that's a way more me thing to do than you I broke my knuckle so then fell down the stairs and then fell back up the stairs whereas I have fallen off a sidewalk standing still, stone cold sober. I think my best one was I got a concussion walking across a flat surface. So you're special. Lee and Lorna, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. I've learned so much. I'm looking forward to the release of your web comics. And again, thanks for, for doing this with me. 
Thank you so much for having us on. It's been fantastic. Yes, thank you, Randy. And I've I've really missed you, and I hope I get to see you this summer. Yeah, that'd be kind of nice. You just came through recently, and you bypassed me, but next time. Yes, I was in town for like a day. I know. Well, thanks for having us, Randy. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You have been listening to Between the Lines. In future episodes, I will not only be speaking with Canadian authors and writers, I will also be speaking with those from the other side of the writing industry, editors, agents, and publishers, in the hopes of getting a better understanding of how it all works together. If you liked what you heard, hit the subscribe button to be notified of new episodes and content. Send all your comments, suggestions, or any questions you'd like to have a guest answer to me at randy.btlpodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to visit me at www.therandylacy.ca. While there, look for the Buy Me a Coffee button to help support the podcast. Thank you for your time and your ears. Tune in, be inspired, and write on. In business, you rarely hear the expression, for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 Weight Loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.